Welcome to Lala Fans Sports Show. Uh, on today's episode, we'll be talking about a very interesting phenomenon, I must say, uh, a professional type of foul, you know, and this happens everywhere in any kind of sports, you know. And uh, in this particular uh, segment for today, we'll be talking about what is known as denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, you know, or shot for Doxo. And this happens uh, quite a lot in football, I must say, even though, you know, this um, um, sort of professional fouls does take place in other sports like rugby, uh, basketball, you know, and it it really is, you know, in, in most of the sports. And I think in the context of football, which is kind of where it happens quite a lot and there's actually like a rule on it, I just thought it would be best to focus on uh, what happens on the football side of things. And I mean, you know, professional foul uh, in, in, in the word basically just means that, you know, when you have a, a defending player committing a foul in order to prevent the opponents from scoring or denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, as, uh, as I had mentioned that we'll be talking about it today, you know, uh, that usually would result in a free kick, a penalty, or basically it offers the other team an attacking chance to score. But then what happens is that the chances of scoring are lower than the original position of play. And the defending player therefore has an incentive to tactically commit the foul. You know, if the guy is going to go score, he's running with the ball towards the goalkeeper and you foul him. What that basically means is that you have given your team a higher chance of surviving or not conceding a goal as opposed to letting the guy go. And I mean, this whole idea is sort of like filled with a lot of, uh, filled with a lot of controversy, uh, I must say. And there has been laws about it. There's actually um, under law 12 of the football laws, which is uh, basically the laws where they talk about uh, conduct, I think, uh, in football. They basically deal with this particular matter. And according to that law, what constitutes as an obvious goal-scoring opportunity is essentially left to the discretion of the referee. You know, as a ref of that match, it is up to you if whether you think, you know, uh, uh, when a foul is committed against a player that constitutes towards, you know, a goal-scoring opportunity. But however, you know, there's sort of like uh, other factors that have been included or added in this case to kind of assist or help the referee decide or you know, kind of make it easier for the referee to make a decision in this tough, you know, situation that uh, one might find themselves in, you know, and one of the things that, according to the law, what they need to consider is essentially the distance between where the offence happened and the goal. That's the first thing, and then consider things like, you know, the likelihood of of keeping the ball or of gaining control of the ball, you know, once the foul is committed, has been committed. You know, the other thing that they need to consider is the direction of the play and the location and the number of defenders. As much as these factors that have been introduced or factors in place to make it easy for the referee, you know, in my own opinion, I think it's, it's a very, very complex thing for anyone in real time to kind of try and get right. You know, I think under the pressure of a live game, fans screaming, the noise, you know, the drama and everything else that happens in the pitch, it just makes it difficult for a referee to can think about all these things within a split second, you know. And I think that's why as fans all over the world, you know, we've kind of 
been left wanting, you know, in a goal-scoring opportunity when a guy basically is fouled and they denied a goal. You know, when we all think, you know, either the player who committed the foul should be sent off, you know, uh, so that it's a minus one player on the team. And, you know, the team basically can have an advantage for the rest of the match. You know, so I think it's a, it's a very uh, um, complicated topic, I must say. Uh, but it's one that I think I just found very interesting over the years, how it has evolved. And, you know, if you look at kind of where the whole idea came from, very interesting. You know, it it essentially, you know, according to many sources, came from uh, an FA Cup uh, final match. Basically, and I mean, anyone who, who loves this sort of things, I advise you to go watch uh, on YouTube if you can find the match of the 1980 FA Cup final uh, between Arsenal and West Ham. I mean, you look at that match, this is essentially the sort of kind of a match which kind of, uh, you know, catapulted the discussion around goal-scoring opportunity. You know, I mean, it's not to say it's the first time that the, the foul happened or a goal-scoring opportunity or professional foul happened. You know, they have been happening, but I think this match is kind of like the first recorded incidents where it kind of just triggered, you know, a, a discussions to start happening around here, you know. If you look at this match, essentially, um, I think in that match, uh, West Ham were one up, um, you know, and uh, Arsenal were essentially on the attack, you know, just trying to uh, regain, uh, get a score, uh, go back or, you know, uh, draw, uh, keep the scores level with West Ham. And, you know, I think uh, there was a mistake made in middle field, and essentially, um, I think Paul Allen of West Ham had the ball and, you know, he was running towards the goal, essentially, to go score. And, you know, you had basically uh, the Arsenal player, I think, Willie Young. And, you know, Paul was essentially past Willie Young and he was going straight at the goalie with the ball. And I think, you know, everyone in that stadium was probably convinced it's going to be a goal. What happens? Willie decides, I'm going to foul Paul. And Willie just, like, takes him out, fouls Paul. And I mean, you know, in the days you could see that, you know, it was very calm. You know, foul, Paul, referee comes up, you know, and the only thing that the ref could do at that stage, because there, was, there wasn't really any laws around it, the ref just gave a yellow card, you know, and a free kick. And the match just sort of, you know, continued as if, you know, nothing happened. But I think it was at that point where after the match, it was like, look, we cannot continue things, you know, allow things to continue happening this way, you know. And I think essentially after that match, that's where discussions were starting to be had, you know, sort of like holding discussions. And I think, you know, people were starting to debate around, you know, deliberate fouls, you know, what should we do with that? You know, I think, I think over the years, based on what happened on that match, you know, a lot of people have been discussing, and I think FIFA themselves, they got involved. You know, I think the Football Association of England also got involved. And they, I think the, the FA are the ones that kind of triggered the whole thing. And then FIFA adopted it, and then later it became a rule. And, you know, even with all of that in place, I think even today as football fans, we do somehow feel that, you know, it's still a little bit vague and still open to interpretation, you know. It looks like, you know, sometimes when a goal-scoring opportunity uh, 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 is presented to a player and then that's denied by an opposing player, like, the ref can go either way. Like, you never know. It's either the player's going to get sent off, yellow card, or it's just like nothing, continue playing, you know. And I think that's just like, you know, 
some of the interesting things around this. And I think if I can just think of, uh, you know, a very popular example. And I remember my first time watching, uh, well, it was not my first time watching a match, but it was my first time where I kind of like wanted to engage around such topics, around the rules of football, you know, what really constitutes these rules and, you know, what has been done about them. I think uh, as a South African or as an African, uh, many that can recall the 2010 World Cup final, I think that match was crazy. You know, basically in Spain uh, in the final uh, versus Netherlands. And, you know, essentially we know what happened in 2010. Spain won the first World Cup, it was all happy. And I think from there, Spain just kind of went on like a world domination spree when they went around the world just kind of winning everything but in that match something very interesting happened you know i mean and i mean i've watched uh clips of that match the highlights and you know even today like i look at that match and i think come on really how is that not you know Echo, uh, you know a denial of a goal scoring opportunity so what happens here yeah, you had uh, carlos puyo the spanish defender Basically, he fouled Iron Robin, you know, who at the time, was, I believe, was playing for Bayern Munich. You know, I mean, very good player uh, uh, during those times. Basically, he had the ball and he was charging in between Carlos Puyo and, uh, I believe, Gerald Pique. Yes, Gerald Pique. And basically, Carlos Puyo just hugged Iron Robin on the waist. And I mean... Ian Robin was gone with the ball and Kyle Fu just hugged him. Yeah, like you should, you should you guys should watch the highlights on YouTube. It's crazy. He just he did a three sixty you know around the man's waist. And it's like, wait, what? And I mean, consider the fact that in that game, Carlos Puyo was on a yellow card on a foul which he committed earlier in the match on Iron Robin. So, I mean, even if you don't give Carlos Puyol uh, a straight red for denying a goal-scoring opportunity, but surely that should have been a yellow card. And surely that should have meant Ian Robin, I mean, Carlos Puyol should have been sent off. And I mean, if that was the case, the outcome of that final game would have been different. Spain would have been denied their first World Cup. And Netherlands would have gone to be victors for sure. But that didn't happen. I mean, uh, that, that for me is just so fascinating. You guys should go watch it. Uh, the incident happened around about the 82nd minute of the match. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing your guys' view on this. I think it's definitely something, a very contentious topic, which we could talk for days on. Yeah, but one that, you know, personally, I'm interested in getting your views on it. And, you know, maybe we can come up with suggestions to kind of, you know, put up to the authorities on how they can look at it. Because I think as sports fans, it really ruins the game for us when you're watching a game and something that is clear and obvious as that is not awarded. You know, it kind of le leaves you thinking, so what's the use, you know? But yeah, I think that's just uh, my piece uh, on, on denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, this topic, we can, like I said, we can talk about it for days, but I'm interested in hearing your guys' view on 
on uh, this professional file and professional files in general you know uh, I'd like to do another segment where we talk about other professional files uh, very interesting ones uh, that have happened as well you know uh, Champions League Real Madrid very very funny but yeah I think that's a topic for another day uh, but yeah keen to get your guys' views on, on this topic and yeah, what you guys think in general of this podcast uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment and yeah uh, next, right now, we're basically just going to go into sports recap, uh, basically looking at what happened this past weekend. Uh, so this past weekend, the weekend, uh, starting the 26th of August to the 28th of uh, August as well. Uh, so this past weekend, we had some very interesting results happening. So starting off firstly in South Africa, um, we basically had uh, the MTN8. Essentially, that's, uh, you know, for those that don't know, it is a competition, cup competition in South Africa where the top eight teams from the previous season get to compete in. You know, and essentially, for you to become a winner, you need to win four games. So you play the first round, which is like the quarterfinals, and then you move on to like the semifinal, which you play two games, home and away, and then you play the fourth one in the final if you win. You know all games i think a very interesting competition and i think this year in south africa we've been we've seen you know some uh exciting exciting uh results that happened over the past weekend and this past weekend i think the games kicked off uh, essentially on the 28th with mamelodi sundowns Matsanza they're playing against uh, uh sorry not Matsanza, but uh, mamelodi sundowns playing against super spot which is uh, the Matsatsansa team, and Mamelodi Sundowns went out to win that game. Uh, I must say, watching that game, um, you know, Sundowns looked pretty much comfortable. I think, you know, they went into, into that game, and by the way, that's the Tswane derby. They went into that game knowing that it was going to be a tough one. I mean, Sundowns versus Sund- uh, Supersport is never really an easy game for either team, regardless of the domination, but I think, uh, for me, Sundowns just came out of that match as the better team and the results shows, you know, uh, got out of that game 2-0. And then uh, we had Stellenbosch and Kizachis. Very, very interesting game. I mean, this season, any game involving Kizachis is definitely going to be an interesting one here. I mean, these guys have got off to a rocky start, you know. They've had problems, you know, problems for, for days. Well, not days, let's call it years, you know. I think since... The axing of Stuart back to Baxter the first time, yeah, everything just yeah has been falling apart in that team, eh? And I mean, even now it's like with Alzwani at the helm, you know, it's like what is going on here, you know? And I think a uh, very very tough time I must say for kids achieves, but yeah, I think um, you know the only thing I can say to them is have patience in the coach, man. I hope uh, they'll give Zwani a chance. But yeah, that game was a very interesting one. Kune given his start, first start for the season, very, very interesting. I think, uh, you know, the Kune was basically, he's basically been out of action. He's not even the second choice goalkeeper, you know, and he's been given a chance. But very interesting in that game as well that, you know, uh, they basically went all the way to penalties. The game ended 1-1. But yeah, man, like it was, the 1-1 was, was sloppy, just came out of mistakes, you know, and I think, yeah, definitely still a lot to do for both sides. But yeah, either team could have taken it. We all know penalties are a game of chances. You can either win, you can either lose it. Funny enough, Kune emerges as the hero in that one because he, he saved two penalties and essentially handed Keza Chiefs the win. But yeah, congratulations to Keza Chiefs for moving on to the next round. 
And then we had Royal M and Pirates, you know. <laughs> what can I say about these two, man? I think there's definitely a rivalry brewing against you. You know, Royal AM have only struggled against Pirates, you know. But in this game, it, it really looked like, look, Pirates are going to continue with the domination. I think they scored very early on, you know, absolutely dominating Royal M. But things turned and Royal M just kind of changed things around, you know, and like they went on the attack and, you know, they got their goal. I think Pirates got their second goal from, uh, uh, after that from a mistake from the goalkeeper, I must say. Then uh, the coach wasn't too happy about that. And then, you know, in the run about the 77th minute, I believe Royal M changed one back. But unfortunately, they ran out of time and couldn't get a second one to push the game into extra time or potentially penalties. So essentially, they lost out uh, on, on, on that game. But yeah, I think that was definitely a good match. And then the fourth match uh, that we had for that uh, game week was Cape Town City against Amazul. That was a very interesting game. That game was very, very interesting. I think from the get-go, well, we kind of knew that, look, Amazul are kind of looking like the better team on paper and they should be winning that game. But watching that game, you know, there was no clear-cut winner. You know, you couldn't really say who was going to win that game. So it was definitely a very, very interesting game. Uh, if you guys get a chance, I would say go watch the highlights of that game. Capadino Mango was just like, yeah, on another level as as always, uh, bringing the energy into the team and kind of spurring Amazulu into that 2-1 win against Captain City. So yeah, in the next games, uh, if, uh, the winning teams will be progressing to the next stages. And I believe the next round of games will be happening in March. And... <coughs> Yeah, for the next for the next round of fixtures, basically it will be back to the DSTV Premiership. You know, the Premiership League uh, will be games coming up uh, this this week, and very interesting games to look forward to. Once again, <laughs> guess what? We've got SuperSport against Mamelodi Sundowns. That game is going to be very interesting, uh, taking place at Newcastle Marina Stadium. That's going to be a very interesting game. Um, so that's them kicking us off there, basically on the 2nd of September, basically on a Friday evening. Uh, we'll be watching that game at upper 7. And yeah, going into the weekend game as well, you can look at uh, look forward to some interesting game. I think the Keza Chips and Amazuli, that is going to be very, very interesting. I think given the way uh, Amazuli, for me personally, the way they performed against uh, uh, they performed against uh, uh, Cape Town City in the in the MTN uh, Cup knockout stages there. I think Amazul definitely have been playing very well. And yeah, that's going to be a very interesting game. And I think Chiefs definitely do need the win. You know, coming off this win, hopefully they've got a bit of momentum there because we know they've been, they haven't been playing very well, you know, in the, in the league and results aren't going their way. So we're pretty desperate for them to get something there. I think other interesting games as well that you can look forward to. Uh, essentially, they will be uh, Cape Town City taking on TS Galaxy all the way in Mbombela. I think that game is going to be very interesting. And yeah, I think the last game for the week, game week will be Pirates up against Maritzbeck United. And that will be taking part at the Heriguala Stadium at Peter Maritzbeck. So yeah, looking forward to all the, the action there that will be happening in the South African footballing scene. And I think just moving abroad uh, to the English Premier League, uh, I think the results as well for this past week has been very interesting. I think it's been uh, uh, good to see some of the teams 
coming out of the blocks finally <laughs> i say finally because uh liverpool came out of the blocks in a massive massive way absolutely thumping bournemouth there 9-0 i think coming off those disappointment uh, disappointing draws and a loss against united you know liverpool were not looking very good this season but yeah for them to come with that 9-0 they kind of just said don't write us off yet you know we're still in it you know i think yeah, well, it was against Bournemouth. Easy game, expected to win. But I don't think anyone saw a 9-0 coming up. You know, basically a joint highest score in the British Premier League. Man City won as well against Crystal Palace, 4-2. But don't be fooled by the scoreline. It wasn't a comfortable win. Uh, Crystal Palace get the, got their first two goals. You know, I think the, uh, the other one, the, the one goal was uh, an own goal uh, by John Stones. And, yeah, it really didn't look good up until halftime for half set, uh, for Man City, but they came out in the second half off the, out the blocks, Ellen Haaland on the score sheets there. But, yeah, overall exciting game there, and, yeah, ended up winning. Arsenal went up to face up Fulham, which wasn't a very easy game for them. But, yeah, I think they kind of just showed a lot of tenacity as well, Arsenal, and winning there that game. And Spurs going on a rampage you know Spurs looking very very strong this season winning 2-0 against Nottingham Forest so yeah those are the results essentially for the English Premier League and we can look forward to uh, the next coming game week which is going to be basically uh, starting on Tuesday the 30th and so it'll be like a double game week so we'll be playing during the week and then we'll play, be playing against again on the weekend which yeah some very interesting games that you can look forward to. I think Brighton against Fulham. Brighton are on a very, very good run this season. Uh, looking to continue that run. I think that game against uh, uh, Fulham, you know, is going to be a very interesting game, uh, one to watch. And I think, you know, City going to, or rather Nottingham coming to City. City expected to win that one. You know, Nottingham Forest will really have a tough game against them. We've got a London derby there in West Ham and Spurs playing on Wednesday. I think any derby is is worth watching, and that's going to be one for the cards as well. Uh, Liverpool uh, will be going up against Newcastle. I think the way Liverpool are performing, I'm a little bit hesitant to say Liverpool are going to have it easy, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. United taking up, taking on Leicester there. Uh, United as well cannot really say you know they can win anything but it's going to be a very interesting game to watch as well and i think going into the double game week on saturday there's a merseyside derby everton liverpool look we know liverpool are gonna you know win again uh but at the same time uh with the way they've been performing some people could even say this is the time where everton could get one back but yeah, very interesting one uh, to be watching there. Merseyside derby happening there. And then we've got Chelsea against West Ham, which is always an interesting game. You know, I think West Ham uh, last season uh, did give Chelsea a couple of uh, uh, difficult games, and I think the season will be the same. So, yeah, very interesting game to look forward to. And I think going into Sunday, um, there's a big game as well. Man United against Arsenal. Uh, old rivals there. Uh, but, yeah. Arsenal possibly looking to make it, you know, a hundred percent win record. You know, that's if obviously they win uh, uh, the previous match uh, in the middle game week against Aston Villa. Then they'll basically go into 
the United game with their tails up, you know, looking to get a clean one. United uh, as well looking to obviously stop their old foes in their tracks and keep the momentum going as they look up to going up the league. So very interesting games there to look forward to on the football side of things. Uh, yeah, just moving on to Formula One as well. Uh, results that happened, very interesting stuff. You know, I think if you watched uh, the Formula One this past weekend, very interesting. I think, you know, everyone's talking about the same thing. Max Verstappen having a fantastic drive. I mean, this guy literally came from the back of, you know, the grid. I think he had a penalty. Uh, him and Leclerc uh, started pretty much at the back. Uh, I think they were like 14th, 15th respectively, stand to be corrected. But just started at the back and this guy had an absolute drive, you know. I think we can all agree that Red Bull definitely have the better car, better driver, and it's just like, you know, looking perfect for them, you know. And with Max Verstappen basically with that win extending uh, his lead at the top of the standings to over 100 points, um, uh, almost just under 100 points uh, with the second driver being his teammate, Sergio Perez. And yeah, man, like it's looking like late Red Bull will get one this time. I think, you know, besides the wins of Max Verstappen, a very disappointing uh, weekend for Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he had a, uh, an accident with there uh, with uh, Fernando Alonso, which they did exchange some mean words against each other. Basically, Hamilton drove into or he shut the door on on uh, Alonso when he shouldn't have, and I think Alonso didn't have you know choice, but he hit uh, 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 Lewis Hamilton quite dramatically. So, because if you look at it, Hamilton's car was literally in the air, you know. And yeah, very very scary stuff there. But yeah, good to see that uh, nobody was injured in that in that in that race there. But yeah, Red Bull definitely uh, having a good weekend, and I think on the team standings as well, they have extended the lead to well over a hundred points with the second team being Ferrari and Mercedes, and I think uh, their standings uh, for the for the uh, Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, you know, the top 10, Max won that one, with Sergio second, Carlo third, George Russell in fourth, Fernando Alonso fifth, Charles Leclerc sixth, Esteban Ocon coming in seventh, Sebastian Vettel eighth, Pierre Gasly nine, and Alex Albon just rounding up the scoring, the points sections there. Yeah, very, very uh, good race that happened there at the Belgian uh, Grand Prix. And yeah, the one that's coming up next is the Dutch Grand Prix. You know, this is a max uh, sort of backyard. You know, you can expect the uh, expect the Orange Army to to be out there cheering for for Max. And yeah, man, I think with the way uh, Mercedes are performing, I don't see them being a strong challenge for Max Verstappen this 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 coming weekend. Uh, you know, if everything goes well with Max's car. I think Max will definitely win uh, that, that Grand Prix, you know, uh, very easy. Um, but yeah, man, uh, looking forward to a very interesting sporting weekend. Um, yeah, Ferrari once again uh, for that match. I don't know what to say about Ferrari. I mean, they, they're so unpredictable this season, particularly on the tactic side, you know. Let's see, they're kind of like a wild card, you know. They might perform well, they might not perform well. You know, but yeah, let's see where they come up. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to that Dutch Grand Prix, seeing if whether anyone can disappoint 
the homeboy uh, Max Verstappen at his home uh, uh, Grand Prix but yeah not looking very likely at the stage but yeah uh, that's what you guys can look forward to this coming week I think very interesting uh, uh, spots coming up and yeah I think that's that's it from my side um, but yeah please tune in next time to my podcast where we'll be talking about sports nothing else we just chat sports we chat you know interesting topics in the world of sports that we like please uh hit me up in the sections if you guys want me to chat about any topic that you guys are interested in any sports let's talk about it i watch all kinds of sports any kind of sports i'm on it so please tune in next time as i will be dropping you another episode on lala sport fan sports show please tune in and thank you so much for tuning in this time cheers